1: Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome.
0: He's Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. Welcome to Wednesday. Gary, how are you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your Honor, we want to change a venue.
1: Gary McNamara. <laughs> uh,
0: I'd be amazed if they got the change of venue though. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't see well, that happening, but it is one of the first things that I mean, it's almost like an automated response. No, wait a minute. You mean
2: change a change of venue? From the actual court, or are you talking about state to federal?
0: Well, uh, both, actually.
2: Okay, yeah. yeah I, I don't I don't think you're going to see a state to federal because no. uh, you, you may you may get some of the uh, the uh, the, uh, the charges thrown out. Hmm. Oh, oh, by the way, we're talking about Trump and the indictment. Hey welcome to our discussion that <laughs> we've morning. been having for a while now.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't know where you guys have been. You should listen closer, closer to the radio.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I really do forget we're doing a radio show yeah. and it's like, oh, I'm sorry. Let's get everybody on track to, to actually what we're uh, talking about. And and the one reason, and, and this is why, you know, you and I were, were uh, talking about Andrew McCarthy that had the thing, this may may is this more perilous and a question mark around it, even though mm-hmm. the question mark didn't appear in the New York Post. And so it came across that this is more perilous. And what he was talking yeah. about was the not, not that it is a solid uh, case, but the fact is, uh, if you get a guilty plea on a on a state charge, uh, you can't be pardoned for that, and you can't pardon yourself, and 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 so you know that would that would be a that would be a problem uh, because then you wonder, okay, uh, if Trump would be found guilty, would he be in would he be in prison on the state charge uh, un, until it went until it went to appeal? you know would they would they allow him to stay out or not and yeah, uh and yeah. and so um you know and and so that was really it but
0: um I'm trying to think where we were here well we're the, 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 the place to you know to again move from uh, oh, the fact, the state right, court state to, to the the federal, federal yes um yeah. and you know that came out uh, uh, mark meadows and 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 there's you know that is not as automated. It's not a one of the usual plays as as what you would make in terms of any motions you're going to file. But certainly, you want to attempt that. And 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 if nothing else, not that for Mark Meadows, it's going to be uh, more about the court of public opinion. I mean, it, it is in part because he's lumped with all of it. It's all. Oh, it, it's also, but but there is that effect. You do want to make the point that there's no way you're going to get a jury that's going to favor you if you're associated with Trump, you know, and, and in that jurisdiction uh, otherwise. So and and it and, you know, the point to uh, have certain charges dismissed or the whole things, all of it dismissed. I mean, that's I, I, right. I felt on a lot of it uh, yesterday when go you and I were. Going through the the fresh hot just out of the oven indictments and and going through them, it was like okay. Uh, the first thing they're going to do, which they always do, is is look to dismiss or right, file a but, motion.
2: But just specifically on the the federal issue, it goes back to what we had said early on that we were criticized for mm-hmm. when we predicted uh, in uh, in November uh, of uh, November of twenty twenty and December of twenty twenty, yeah. and we said. No, the Supreme Court, in all likelihood, is not going to back Trump on this. Yeah, and the reason they're not going to back Trump on it is because we understand how conservatives view the Constitution, and that is the states get to run it. Yeah, the states get to run election, and right. so the when it comes to actually election law, that's actually a state issue, even for a presidential election, it's not a federal issue, mm-hmm. and that's why we said back then that the Supreme Court's going to that and and we were criticized for it, but we were right on it. And we weren't making, you know, and we weren't just throwing out an opinion or a political opinion. We looked and said, well, no, the Supreme Court's going to look at it and say, yeah, states might have screwed up. yeah, states might have done some things that we would not do. But, hey, it's a state run election. Presidential elections are state run. And if they just dis- and if they choose to screw it up and their courts choose to screw it up, well, then they've got to straighten it out unless you can find outright, outright clear fraud. And the Supreme Court couldn't find that right at yeah. At, yeah. at that particular point of when they made the decision. Yeah. And, yeah. and so yeah. Yeah. and so we but that's the problem here is that the fact, you know, of the way the courts think now when it comes to how the supreme court would actually look at this on on this and this alone this indictment number 4 through 4000 <laughs> uh,
0: someone made the point that that i kind of made with his you know his card his member card you know they punch so many holes the next indictment is free but they said something someone wrote that i it could have been someone over at national review that uh, basically he's he's due his free sandwich now with all the indictments cuz he's had so many <laughs> <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the 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 the
2: problem with this, and I I view this now that I've had a chance to read everything and 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 see different analysis uh, on all the charges. I view this as weaker than the McDonald case in Virginia, where he was found guilty of bribery. Yeah, across yeah. the you know across the board, and he actually. Uh, he actually got gifts and things like that. Right. But that was an eight nothing decision from yeah, the Supreme yeah. Court yeah. saying, no, they went way, way yeah. over charge. And I believe that was a Jack Smith. Yeah, that was, a you know, a, a Jack Smith uh, a case right. that he did. And so when that happened, it was like, oh, wow, they got him for bribery. And he actually received gifts. But they said, you're you're way over reading what the bribery law is. Yeah. Just because you receive gifts does not mean it's bribery. Now, the Democrats may want to hold on to that with with uh with Biden. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but there there is there is a, a a difference in the evidence that exists uh in in the, in in the Biden case. But uh I think one of the biggest problems and Andrew McCarthy lay, laid it out yesterday. You know, the 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 problem with this that he said, "Well, why didn't she just go to conspiracy? Why did she go to Rico? Why did Why did she go to the racketeering law?" Mm-hmm. And as he writes here, the whole in in uh, in that objective of uh, the whole is that the objective of the schemes described in her ninety eight page indictment, namely to retain Trump in power despite his election loss, is not a crime. Of course, if people pursue a lawful objective through illegal means, they may commit crimes. In implementing those means, but a conspiracy very simply is an agreement between two or more people to commit a crime. Now, the conspiracy, as we all know, need not be successful to prosecute it because in a conspiracy, the crime is the agreement itself to commit a crime. If we both agree, right here, if we agree to rob a bank, but the police get wind of the plan and arrest us on the way to the bank... We are guilty of conspiracy to commit bank robbery. Mm-hmm. And you see that, for example, when somebody, uh, the conspiracy to commit a terrorist act.
0: In fact, there and was, there was, um, uh, they had an undercover FBI agent attached to a a guy here in North Texas several years ago. This goes back a ways. Oh, yeah. A, and yeah. they to got to building. the point, they gave him what he believed was a detonator. Right. And, you know, so he got to the point, but, you know, if you look at the charges against him it was about the conspiracy, and of course, he thought right. he was committing that act on that day. He wanted to, be, it he, wanted, out to be he, wanted,
2: he wanted to blow up a building. Right, right, and and so he goes. Uh, so, if we agree to rob a bank, but police get wind of the plan and arrest us on the way to the bank, we are guilty of conspiracy to commit bank robbery, mm-hmm. even though we can't be prosecuted for the actual bank robbery. That said, though, and we made this yesterday, this point yesterday, the crucial point is the objective of the agreement must be a crime. If a group of people take egregious actions in the pursuit of an objective that is not a crime, there is no conspiracy, even though some of those actions may amount to crimes if they violate penal uh, statutes. But the ultimate thing is, in a conspiracy, there has to be a crime at the end. And he goes, and so that's why she went to RICO. But he talks about RICO and say the problem with RICO is that was designated RICO is specifically designated at crime syndicates yes and and right. uh and he uh he he points out here uh that uh the innovation of RICO is that the essence of the crime is membership in the group not the component schemes carried out by the group but the group what you do is you what is the reason for the group? Why does the group exist? In order to get RICO, the group exists to commit criminal actions. You can't make the case that there's a group that was set up by Trump to commit criminal actions. Right. Because that's where RICO falls short. Mm-hmm. And and so uh, let me just get here. Um, um, in a RICO crime... Being a member of that enterprise that commits crime, not the commission of a particular crime the enterprise carries out. Concrete example, let's say the Gambino mafia family commits murder and extortion, the usual run of mob crimes. If you're indicted for RICO conspiracy in that context, the crime is not the killing of ex-rival mobster or the extortion of Y, you know, X or Y a businessman although you probably would be indicted for those crimes in separate counts if you were personally complicit in them, the crime is to intentionally conduct or participate in the affairs of the Gambino family. Mm. The prosecutor must show that you did that through the commission of crimes, the pattern of racketeering activity, but the gist of the offense is the enterprise, which is a criminal organization. And he says, she, you know, in her actual... uh, uh, indictment mm-hmm. she calls the group a a criminal organization et, criminal organization and he yeah. said what's well, not a criminal organization it's not because if, uh, one of the keys is number one you have to be organized and there has to be a pattern of racketeering for numerous crimes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the ultimate of what they wanted was not a crime right right and there is no racketeering pattern there isn't a bunch of crimes that have been committed and she's looking at free speech for example i mean the meadow char- mark meadow charges are just ridiculous it is it is insane because he yeah. simply he simply set up appointments for trump right. to talk to people yeah. and they they put that as uh you know as a part of uh, of of, uh, of of racketeering uh he said in fact uh he goes in fact she gets it wrong right out of the starting gate describing trump and his 18 alleged co-racketeers as a criminal organization this is just dumb If you could prove they conspired to do something illegal, you could accurately call them members of a criminal pact, but the 19 defendants are not even members of a single organization, much less one that is innately criminal. Moreover, from the prosecution's perspective, there there need not to be a criminal organization. Moreover, from the prosecution's perspective, uh, there need not to be a criminal organization in order to uh, in order for there to be a RICO enterprise, as we've seen. The latter can be a lawful in, uh, entity as long as it's an association. In fact, as a prosecutor, it's hard enough to prove beyond a reasonable doubt the elements of offenses that must be established to secure a conviction. So the state should never allege anything. It does not need to prove, let alone something it cannot prove because... It isn't true. And he says, but more important, the 19 people charged have no driving interest in being part of the group that Willis frames as the enterprise. Their objective was to keep Trump in power. It was that objective, not the sustaining of the group. Not the sustaining of the the group that was the goal. And after either way, whatever happened in that, they would have disbanded. So that's the proof that they were not a criminal enterprise. And by the way, we're looking at, we we all know this is dumb, but he's just going through point by point the legalities of it, of why it doesn't fit RICO and why it doesn't fit. And it's obvious why it doesn't fit RICO, and it's obvious why they didn't go for a conspiracy. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Uh, Let me just, um, it was that objective to keep Trump in power and not the sustaining of any group that brought them together. And once that objective was attained, or conclusively defeated the group to the dubious extent it really was an identifiable. Group would and did melt away. That is another sign you're not dealing with a Rico enterprise. Yeah, and that's why you got a lot of things, a lot of comments. Just like going, this is just dumb. No, it doesn't even fit the definitions. The, the of- more,
0: yeah, and the more you look at it, and the more you hear the analysis, of course, from legal experts, but as they break it down in the legalities, and then you apply their analysis too go and and I went back and I read it yesterday afternoon again after reading a ton of analysis and breakdowns on it it was like this is so insanely obvious how much yep. overcharging is going on here it if this thing falls in court if this thing implodes in court now the the, the prosecutor she's not going to be embarrassed like we said if you're an activist you're going to say, well, so what? We tried. But it should be an embarrassment to the left. This will do further damage to the left either way.
2: And he writes here, you know, the the mob is in existence for only one reason. That's yeah. that's to make money. Yep. Uh, he said the vast run of such enterprises are in it for the money. You want to be part of an enterprise because it generates lots of income over time. And the law calls for prosecutors to prove that RICO enterprises are continuing threats so an economic purpose and the carrying out of activities, criminal and otherwise, to sustain the gravy train are fabric for a RICO enterprise, and that doesn't exist either. Right. Because the mob isn't going away whether you put people in jail or not. Right. Or the mob isn't going to go away if they succeeded in one crime or didn't succeed in one crime. They're still going to be there. That's not the case here. Right. And the other thing is, clearly, it's, they, they you know... Uh, it's a political organization, the Republican Party, but there wasn't even a defined group. No, you're right. It wasn't a yeah. defined group. Right. You know what the head of the Republican Party in Georgia did? He wasn't part of a group that actually included Trump unless right. you could unless you conclude that the Republican Party is the enterprise and they don't make that case. No, they can't make that case. No. We got a great show ahead. Eight six six ninety Red Eye.
3: Keep your engine humming in the heat this summer by keeping up with preventive maintenance. Think your PM is complete after your oil is changed? Think again. There's grease, transmission fluids, and gear oil to consider, too. Grease, for example, is made of oil, thickener, and additives. It provides rust protection by preventing water spray off and wash off on equipment like the universal joint, fifth wheel, and clutch throwout bearings. It also helps protect major greasing points like tie rod ends, spring pin bushings, king pin, and the chassis. Today's synthetic oils means more miles between engine oil changes, but greasing intervals aren't growing at the same pace. Your fifth wheel, for example, needs to be greased every 15,000 miles or monthly. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance.
1: Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
0: for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store and of course the super truck showroom stocked with plenty of chrome lights and more. While you're there don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80 The world's largest truck stop on I 80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa.
2: radio he's our i'm gary mcnamara uh coming up here uh uh more in fact uh, uh we'll hear from uh, uh turley yesterday actually uh spoke on it as he always uh, does we played dershowitz uh yesterday turley coming up here in just a little bit plus i i love this uh as uh, the media is stating that the republicans actually had a pretty good one yesterday i know that the trump thing uh overwhelmed everything yesterday but this <laughs> this is going to have an impact and it's uh the uh, republicans yesterday making sure that that 2018 text is out there from hunter biden because you have the media saying and democrats saying there's no evidence that he took any money whatsoever joe biden and Uh the gop says what about the 2018 text just to start off with of hunter biden claiming that he paid his dad's bills for the past 11 years yeah
0: (laughs) how did he pay those bills where that money come from (laughs)
1: Consider yourself canceled if you don't listen nightly. Red Eye Radio.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin, and I'm Gary McNamara. All right, Jonathan Turley, a constitutional law professor and a Democrat. Isn't it interesting that in when just 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 popped into my mind. So just let me interrupt myself. All right. Uh, isn't it? I was thinking about this on the way in. It's fascinating, and I think I've said this before, but because of the in, the intensity and the partisanship that exists today, and the rot in law enforcement that it exists today, as we see, especially in federal law enforcement,
4: mm-hmm.
2: a, as we see it, and the and it's in the upper management. Of, of all of these organizations, isn't it amazing that the biggest defenders, not of Donald Trump, but of law that really r- is as critical as you can get of Democrats and liberalism is coming from two lifelong Democrats.
0: In fact, if you look at the, the history of, of those two doing that, Jonathan Turley and Dershowitz, they're essentially writing the playbook for his defense attorneys. They outline it in the court of public opinion in a very clear and concise way. And even when they don't know, like, what prosecution might present as evidence or how they might try and justify this charge or that charge, they are both clearly fully prepared. Uh, but if you're his defense attorneys, you're watching every interview each of them does because I would be making every single note. I would keep it on record. That would be my Monday morning film that the entire team would watch over and over again.
2: And and when you think, for example, I mean, Turley was a defense witness. Mm during the impeachments. Yeah. Yeah. And he is a lifelong Democrat. Mm-hmm. Not only is Dershowitz a lifelong Democrat, he's as liberal as you can get. And I think what that points out, if people are paying attention and if they wish to pay attention, is the incredible rot that exists inside uh and it's the liberalism and inside the The Democratic Party, yeah, because as we know, this is all unprecedented; has not happened in American history, Mm -hmm. as as we know. But let's get to uh, uh, Turley here, uh, as uh, he was asked. All right, you've read it. What do you think about it? Mm.
5: It's excessive, and I think it's also dangerous. It, It essentially criminalizes challenges to elections. There's no sort of limiting principle in this document. You know, they are charging things like the president saying publicly, we need to have a recount. You know, Democrats and Republicans challenge these elections routinely. I've covered elections for various networks. Uh, I don't know how many now, Uh, but we often, if not always, have these challenges. Some are more supportive than others, but they're not crimes. They're seeking judicial review, and that assures the public that there's someone watching over these Uh, elections. What's concerning uh, particularly about this is that Willis didn't really show any semblance of restraint. She indicted everyone for everything she could think of. It is sort of the Jackson Pollock school of prosecution. She threw it all against Mm. the canvas. And I think she is hoping that some of these these other co-defendants will flip. But having said that, I think that the Trump team has to realize that this is a serious threat, not because of the merits, but because as a racketeering case, it's very hard to take these cases up on appeal before trial. It's very hard to get them dismissed on threshold questions. Willis will argue that she should have the right to present her evidence in trial uh, in court.
2: Um, that is likely to be successful. And that's the problem that the that's the problem that uh, the uh, the Trump has right now. Look, it's obvious and we've stated this before, but now that these indictments have been uh, filed, what the Democrats want, if they want now, it's it's ob- it's clear what they want. They want a conviction doesn't mm-hmm. matter whether it's overturned mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like the like uh, 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 McDonald was in uh, in Virginia. Eight mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. That doesn't matter. All they want is to be able to say next year, whoever's running as a Democrat, the Republicans nominee is a convicted felon. Right. That's all they want to do. Right. The Republicans have a convicted felon. They believe and there's a lot of credibility to this <laughs> to this statement. They believe that independents will not vote for a convicted felon, yep. irrespective of the merits, irrespective of the fact that it these charges are bogus. It doesn't matter. That's what they believe, that there's no way. And you started seeing it from Republicans yesterday. You started seeing it's time that Republicans realize that Trump cannot be the candidate because... They've thrown so much at him. It doesn't matter whether it's fair or not. The reality is, if he is convicted on one count where he is a convicted criminal on any of these things that Republicans and Democrats believe he can't win. And then what do you have? You have, for the next four years... The rot continue from the executive branch. You have a continuation of this. Doesn't matter whether it's Biden. Doesn't matter whether it's Newsom. Doesn't matter whether it's Harris. There is no difference. They will do everything they can within their executive power, just like Biden is doing and has been successful in so many of the executive orders that he puts in, that the border will remain the same. That nothing will change, and they also believe that because Trump, uh, if if uh, if Trump uh, is convicted, that that may go all the way down the line on Republicans, and Republicans lose the House, and if Republicans lose the House, then Democrats. You've seen what they've been willing to do; mm-hmm. that they will go crazy, and Democrats know they can't win on the issues. They know they can't win in the issues. They know they can't. But they can win, they believe, and now start, you've got a lot of Republicans believing that it's time, you know, to dump Trump. I don't see that's going to happen.
6: No, I don't see I, that I, happening I don't see going to happen.
2: I'm just telling you how they're thinking right now, and the thinking has credibility to it. Because the thinking is, will independents vote for Trump? Well, the fact of the if, matter if he, is... It, if, 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 if the Democrats... if he is found guilty. It doesn't matter whether it's overturned like the McDonald case. Eight nothing in the Supreme Court down the road. It won't be by the time the election is there. And you have to ask the question, will independents vote for Trump if the Democrats and the courts say he is a convicted felon? I, That's I, the problem.
0: I think the and, and even if the case were to implode, let's just say he, was, he got uh, uh, an expedited appeal some miracle, and then and appeals, everything imploded. You have independents looking at it saying, I can't stand the chaos anymore. Yes. I don't want, yeah. yeah. don't want the chaos. And this is the problem right now that the GOP has, is that you're looking at something where the left is going to be successful. You're looking at something where you know there is no merit to any of this, yet it's going to work.
2: Yeah, that's frustrating. And and so the only recourse many Republicans believe is, okay, we got to stick by the guy. I understand that completely.
0: Well, this is where the difference between the the, the rank and file and the party. The party has ignored rank and file before. It wouldn't be anything out of the ordinary for the GOP. But you can only do that to a certain extent during a massive election season. Because you're going to see where people are going. You're going to see what's on their mind. I don't know what in the world the polling looks like in 2024 for the GOP. I can't tell you. Man, it may look like a Pollock painting.
2: Well, you, uh, I uh, I was uh, after. Did you see the Ramaswamy back and forth with the, uh, uh, the uh, on with the on LGBTQ mm-hmm. yesterday? Yeah. yeah, and I thought to myself, nobody's paying attention to that now. Right. Re- right. You did have the the conservative media did and said, "Wow," because instead of having the and and he was really good. Mm-hmm. He was really good, and why was he really good? But the way he explained it and his tone was perfect
0: yeah
2: right he he's uh, he's you can be outraged but you need to as a political candidate today explain it with the right tone if you're a republican and he did that perfectly now the whole thing on the other day i mean where he blew it the other day was when he talked about you know i don't stand on on the you on know the drug cr- criminalization of yeah. drugs it's like yeah. Uh, you're an idiot for state. Yeah. I mean, he makes major mistakes, too, because like you're with everything going on in Portland and San Francisco and everything else, you're now suggesting that we should be decriminalizing the, our drugs the time
0: for that right. conversation is right. for the GOP is it's not, not now.
2: now. But but I you look at it and you say this is what we should be talking about right now in the way that Ramaswamy is doing it, it was extremely effective. And we're not going to be talking about issues. The country's not going to be talking about issues. Right. It'll Trump won't be talking, for the most part, about issues because no, when he speaks, nobody cares about that, whether it's his supporters. Yeah. You know, it's the fact that he's getting ripped off by the Democrats. Right. And they're right. I mean, yeah, I mean they're not sure. wrong on that. Right,
0: right. They're not well, – you
2: know, they're not – They're <laughs> and so uh, that's the situation that we're in, and that's why you've got Republicans now stating – now that this – because now – every nothing's really going to happen now. These are the these are the indictments they've been handed down. We're not yep. going to hear anything. Yep. So it's going to be fascinating to see. I don't know. I'm not making predictions. I'm just telling you what people think. I
0: well, don't make, well I if don't, you look at the polls, yeah. uh, Trump has a has a sizable lead and I forget if I think it was the Hill uh yesterday that said even with all the indictments his numbers aren't moving. They're not budging. If anything, He's gaining a, a a stronger lead in some polls, and so well that's in the in the um, in the primary, right? Yeah, right, yeah, but, yeah. and that's what I'm getting to. Right. Is that he's likely going to be the guy? Yeah. If things don't change in the polls, if something doesn't happen, and think about it, huh, all the indictments—if they don't move it, what will Trump? Something he does would be the only thing that changes it. I don't even know what that would be. Well, if he said I'm not going to run. It would have to be, well, no, I mean, I'm talking about some kind of misstep, and I don't even know what that would be. Because if all the outside stuff hasn't changed it, then I don't see much changing it. We'll see where the debates go if he's on a debate stage. And this is the problem that you have if, you know, you're in this situation, then where do the donors go? It's one thing for the rank and file to show up and say, look, the guy's getting the short end of the stick, and I'm going to support him. But the donors are literally putting their money where their mouth is, and that's a big deal. That will be something to watch.
2: 866 red
1: We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
7: are you into weird spooky and strange history horrifying history tells you about the side of history that people don't normally talk about we tell the tales of haunted places infamous true crimes unsolved mysteries the paranormal and then we look to history to see where the truth actually lies want to get spooky with us
3: horrifying history part of the believe network just search b-l-e-a-v on youtube or wherever you listen
2: Hey, on Radio, he's Eric Carlin, and I'm Gary McNamara. Then I noticed uh, over the last couple of days, it's been been coming out, but if Trump doesn't run, uh, his supporters will stay home. Well, right. if he's defeated in the primary, that might happen. If he withdraws, I doubt that would happen. And then you have to ask yourself the question, what's a stronger possibility that if Trump is convicted, as unfair as you may believe that is, as I would believe it is, mm-hmm. uh, would independents be more likely to vote? Uh, for him or against him, and the other side is, if he lost in the primary, uh, would Democrats would would uh, Trump people really stay home and allow a Biden Harris or Newsom administration? Is it more and and this this is the this is the debate? Is it more about the person being screwed over? This is the debate going on with Republicans right now. Mm-hmm. Is it more about him being screwed over, as unfair as it's going to be, or the direction of where our nation goes? That's the debate. Well,
0: you get down to it, and let's just say all of the cases went away tomorrow, that they were all tossed out tomorrow. Now what's left? What is the motivator to get people back to the polls? Issues. It's the issues. And it would also be... All right, but aside from the legal stuff, there's still a lot of chaos. There's still a lot of back and forth, and a lot of that is self-generated. Is that something we want to continue or not? And those are the
3: questions. Top of the hour news is brought to you by House Products. Visit houseproducts.com.
1: This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio.
2: All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. One of the things that we talked about is because of all of the indictments that uh, there's uh, a few things that the the Democrats uh, believe will happen, and that is that uh, if they can uh, uh, convict him, even if the conviction's overturned down the road, mm-hmm. they believe it won't be until after the, the uh, election, so they can sit there and say, well, he's a convicted felon, and there isn't an independent out there that will vote for him. That's what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have seen that Republicans are, you know, you uh, saw a couple of uh, conservative writers in the last couple of days, uh, who have stated it's just too much, you know, it's about the country, not Trump. And if the Democrats get in, what would they do for the next four years? Yeah. And right. so there's this debate going on about, uh, whether the loyalty to Trump should supersede the loyalty to where the, the country should go in the direction that we, that 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 many of us believe all of us, I think, believe that it should that it should be going in. Sure. And it's not the insanity of the Democrats right now. And what you've seen the last four years, whether it's Biden who gets back in Harris, Newsom, whoever, right. nothing will yeah. change at all. Right. In fact, it'll get worse. And and so, you know, that's that's a uh, that's a concern. The other concern is that we're not going to be talking about any issues. Everything is going to be dominated on the Trump yeah, trials. Yeah, everything will be. Yeah, and that is a concern because Republicans believe we believe that if it's a debate on the issues alone and not personalities, Republicans win and they win big. Yeah, the one yeah. thing that Democrats right. have been successful at, and they've been they've been uh, even though on the issues, for example, of of where DeSantis stands, they've still been. Effective in demonizing him to some extent, Mm -hmm. whether that would last through the election, who knows? Uh, And, you know, we have talked about how important it is to communicate effectively on the issues and how tone matters. And when we find a Republican out there that does it correctly, where we believe and we've been big on this for the longest time. Probably some in our audience sick of us saying how you communicate a message matters. Maybe not to you. Maybe not to me when it comes to tone. That I really don't care about tone. I care about what your message is. There are a ton of people that care about tones. the, the, the Only your, care about tones. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, only care yeah. about tone. And will vote against you if the tone isn't right, even if they agree with you on the particular issue we go back to where uh after the uh, the uh, election in 2020 you would see it constantly uh where you know it would be like everybody's really ticked off you see the polling shows on a particular issue uh Biden's getting killed it first started really on immigration and it was like see but you didn't want the mean tweets right you saw this yeah, we yeah. all oh, saw yeah. you know yeah. see but the mean you didn't vote for him because of the mean tweets Well, there's two ways to look at that, and that is, one, that is a logical thing. Why would you not, you know, why would you vote against your own best self-interest and what you believe in because of someone's personality? I mean, that's a logical thing to think, right? Mm -hmm. But the other thing is, if you know that people agree with you on the issues but dislike your tone and dislike your tweets, stop tweeting. Because the goal is the goal is to win elections. Yep. And on the actual issues, I said this the other day to a Democrat. They just sat there and looked at me. You know, tell me what issue that Trump believes in that the public is massively against. Right. Right now. Right. Right. So tell me one, and they couldn't. They just sat there with a blank stare in their face. And go. That's my point. You may hate his personality, but on the issues, he's not a radical. Never been a radical. In fact, he has held liberal positions before, and one of the fears is that that if he didn't have to run again and won a second term, uh, uh, he you know, and if influenced by uh, certain family members who will not uh, who are not participating now and mm. won't in his campaign mm. uh, or uh, <laughs> his daughter, we're talking about mm-hmm. that he can be convinced to do things that are are more liberal. Yeah. Now, will that happen? I'm just telling you what the concerns are. I'm not making predictions uh, in uh, in any way. So, how do you argue the issues? Well, this is Ramaswamy the other day uh, talking about LGBTQ, and the question comes up to him: What is your opinion on same-sex couples and the LGBTQ plus uh, 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 community?
6: Here we go. Um, what were your
4: opinions on the LGBTQ?
6: Well, I don't think it's one community.
4: Really? Yeah.
6: I mean, how could it be? You just mashed together an alphabet soup. Trans is fundamentally in tension with gay, if you ask me. But, what's your opinion?
7: I am personally a pansexual, so I was okay. just wondering what your views on same-sex couples were.
6: I don't have a negative view of same-sex couples, but I do have a negative view of a tyranny of the minority. So, so I think that in the name of protecting against the tyranny of the majority, and there are times in this country's history where we have had a tyranny of the majority, we have now, in the name of protecting against tyranny of the majority, created a new tyranny of the minority. And I think that that's wrong. I don't think that somebody who's religious should be forced to officiate a wedding that they disagree with. I don't think somebody who is a woman who's worked really hard for her achievements should be forced to compete against a biological man in a swim competition. I don't think that somebody who's a woman that respects her bodily autonomy and dignity should be forced to change clothes in a locker room with a man. That's not freedom, that's oppression. And so I believe that we live in a country where free adults should be free to dress how they want, behave how they want, and that's fine. But you don't oppress, you don't become oppressive by foisting that on others. And that especially includes kids, because kids aren't the same as adults. And so I think adults are free to make whatever choices they want. But do not foist that ideology onto children before children are in a position as adults to make decisions for themselves. And so I think a lot of the frustration in the country, and if I'm being really honest, that I also share, comes from that new culture of oppression where saying those things can actually get somebody punished. And in my case, it's part of why it's my responsibility to say them, and I respect that you may have a different opinion, and that's okay. Part of what makes our country great is that you and I can be civil and have this conversation. And that we live in a country that still gives us, each of us, the right to speak you know, to a presidential candidate and back and still say that we pledge allegiance to the same nation. So I think that's the beauty of our country, and that's my honest opinion.
0: There you go. Boom. Hits every, hits every point. Yeah, there's nothing, not- there's no fat in that answer. None. No. And it was a pretty lengthy answer. Mm-hmm. Those are the things, those are the types of communications that the GOP has been lacking for a long time. Because the problem that the GOP has had is they start tiptoeing on eggshells. They start walking around like they need to speak the language of the opposition. Like they need to give up some concessions. What you heard from Mr. Ramaswamy there were not concessions. They were acknowledgments what you heard was not the laying down or reaching across the aisle which for the gop means you're going further left this was somebody who was standing firmly on his morals and and beliefs and when you put something out there you you need to make sure there's zero fat there was no air left in that room to interject the anger of the left and the shouting down type of attitude that they have had the mob mentality can't exist that fire can't be fueled because there was no oxygen left in that room he made sure of that that's how you deliver messages properly
2: and I believe uh, the social media post sharing the interaction collectively, and this goes back to what? Uh, okay, e- early last night, over 13 million views. Mm-hmm. Yep, according to there's a reason a, a, for that. A, a, yeah. you know, ac- according yeah. to Fox, and that's what's going to be that's what's going to be lacking, and what the Republicans fear yeah. Yeah. is that we that the Republicans believe. And I and I believe if you can stick to the issues, you can win. I, don't, I think I don't yeah. know how they do that. I don't yeah. know. Well, I don't I don't think that's possible in this election. Mm. It may be, it, it, I, but I don't yeah. see it because nobody is paying attention to the issues right now. They're feeling the issues and they're feeling inflation and everything else. But that was a perfect way to answer that question. You cover it all. It's really not debatable, right? And you made a great point. Republicans will sort of try to tiptoe around it, which makes them vulnerable to, you know, uh, uh, to cross-examination. Yes. Well, we've always thought, as talk show hosts, that our goal should always be, and you and I have had these discussions off the air, our goal should always be to have so thoroughly vetted every issue where the left will sit there with their mouth open and cannot respond to because they don't know how to respond. right? And that's what you saw there where she thanked him. Oh, thank you so much. There wasn't any, well, I think, I'm... nothing, no screaming, right. nothing. Right. And I'm sure she went there
0: thinking that I've got him. What you also didn't hear was what I think too many on the right are doing right now. It's one thing to be passionate, but too many are interjecting too much emotion. Ramaswamy did not do that in those moments. What you just heard was very direct, fact based, reasonable. Spock like. No. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was very reasonable in his approach. And if you're not if you're going to get if you're gonna if you believe that jumping up and then shouting, then that's going to be the game. And what you're doing is you're inviting in that chaos. The chaos didn't exist in his answer. There was none. That wasn't chaos. That wasn't there that wasn't fuel for any anyone else's fire either. Those were the facts. And it was reasonable. And anybody who was listening to actually what he said, the actual words, you can't You can't respond to it because you know clearly where he stands. There are no questions. If the tone were different and people sometimes like the tone, they like the ramped up tone. If you had the ramped up tone, then you're inviting ramped up tone. And then all of a sudden it's about the tone. It's not about the issues.
2: Well, whether you like it or not, all elections are about getting independence. End of story. There is no need. I mean, look, Republicans will run ads to shore up their base and things like that. And you can do rallies. But for the most part, all elections are about getting that probably 10% of independents that don't think like you do. Yeah. Tone matters to them. Personality matters to them. Uh, Republicans have gone too long without acknowledging that. And it doesn't mean I approve of the way that they think, but I have to acknowledge that that's what I must do. I don't have to at all compromise on what I believe. Mm -hmm. But it's how I communicate it and how I communicate it effectively that will win me that 10% which wins Republicans elections. I think Republicans especially in this day and age because with social media we know where everybody stands.
0: Yeah. But well, what you're in- going
2: after what you're going after is in order to win you've got to have the independents. Yeah. And if you ignore yeah. them and say I don't care about them, I don't need them. I only need my supporters, you lose.
0: Well, it's, you
2: know, they, as a Republican.
0: Yeah, uh, they they often say it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Well, politically, when you're get, trying to get people's attention, it is what you say and how you say it. Yeah. And Come. that's that's ultimately what each of the candidates has to do. I, I think there might be a growing concern with DeSantis on whether or not he's capable of building a consensus. I believe he is, but at first, his it was a it, he was attractive to a lot of GOP uh, 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 voters and and outside of Florida because of his ability to build that consensus within his state. Then a couple of issues took off on the national scene, and the, and I think it was look. You know, for those Republicans saying, well, we would welcome Disney in our state. They clearly don't get it. I want someone who will fight. The question is, do voters see him and remember the comparisons? Well, he's a lot like Trump. He's he's blunt, but he's more direct and to the point and stays on the issues. But are they looking at that saying, well, but I question whether he can build a consensus. I question whether he can do what he does in Florida outside of Florida. And that's been the question from the beginning. Oh, he's got a future. This is the, even if,
2: even if DeSantis is not the candidate, no doubt he has a big future in the Republican party. I think he and And, Ramaswamy both do. And, and and especially as you have, uh, again, reality hit the abstract concepts Mm -hmm. that the Democrats have been promoting that are insanity Mm -hmm. and the American public feels it. Yep. You see the thing that came out about social security the other day. Hmm. Uh, how much couples are going to lose by 2033? Oh, yeah. And it's funny because the populist version out there is, well, the money has been, uh, uh, well, we'll get to that coming up because we're just yeah. running late here. Eight six six ninety red eye.
3: Surviving and thriving as an owner-operator has just as much to do with managing costs as it does with generating revenue. Understanding basic principles of operating costs can save you thousands of dollars a year. Costs are not the same each month. If 9,600 miles are driven one month and 10,000 miles the next, two different sets of costs apply for each month. For example, if your tractor payment is $1,850 per month and you drive 9,600 miles in the month, your tractor payment is costing you 19.3 cents per mile. Drive 10,000 miles, though, and that same payment will cost you 18.5 cents per mile. This is one of your major fixed costs while paying off a truck loan. The difference in this example is only a fraction of a cent, which may seem like small change, but it ultimately amounts to $960 more annually on the bottom line. Because though fixed costs do not go down over time, you can reduce your cost per mile with more paid miles. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology. For more information, go to OverdriveOnline.com to the Overdrive's Partners in Business section of the website. For more detail on Business 101 and many other topics.
1: Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric and I'm Gary McNamara. Yeah, as we're talking about, uh, you know, where the campaign's going and can Republicans actually talk about the issues that pop into my mind, the story that came out yesterday about Social Security, and it was all over the place. Mm. Social Security is on track to cut benefits to retirees in 2033. All right. New mm. analysis. Mm. Unless the program is shored up by 2033, the typically new retired dual income couple will see their Social Security checks reduced by $17,400 annually, or $1,450 per month, according to a report from the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget. A newly retired uh, couple with one earner would see a cut of $13,100. The analysis, which is based on current dollars, does not forecast the impact on newly retired single earners, but Social Security has uh, said that will be 23%. Now by 2033. Mm -hmm. Wow. And is there any talk about doing anything? Nope.
0: Nope. Yeah, not really. Nope. Nope. The fire is burning, but we're not going to be responsible for that fire then, so we're not going to do anything about it now.
1: Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America studios.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning, uh, welcome. Just, uh, I when I saw the story yesterday, just want to make sure I got that out about uh, about Social Security. Uh, the The public's thought, a significant portion of the public on Social Security is the same thing as a federal budget, hmm. and I believe the majority of the American public is ignorant, which means they don't know what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. It's not that they're stupid. They just don't know what's going on. And we've talked about the fact that the majority of Americans believed, and polls that we have referenced in the past believe, that we can solve the federal deficit problem by cutting wasteful spending. Uh, and uh, what was the other one? It was cut wasteful spending and... Oh, four and eight. Oh, four and eight. Yeah, four and eight. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and that's couldn't be further from the truth. It wouldn't even make a dent.
0: Yeah, in it's it. it's almost always the case when we have a conversation. Well, the first yep. thing we need to do is stop all the four and eight.
2: Yeah, it, it wouldn't wouldn't make a dent whatsoever. What I have noticed, two things on Social Security that we've talked about in the past, and and I see it less now because every time I see it, I will, from one of my friends, I'll say, stop it. yeah do you you understand you don't you don't look very smart and that's the one that says we need to stop calling social security an entitlement program it's wrong i worked for it i paid for it i earned it stop calling it an entitlement program and you shake your head saying um could you think for a moment yeah (laughs) it's not a sense of entitlement even though that you would have a sense, having a sense of entitlement there would be justifiable. Yeah. But it's called an entitlement program because you put into it, therefore you're entitled to it. You put in separate for it. You actually have an account. You get the reading every year. Here's how much you put in. Here's how much your company put in. You're entitled to it. So that's number one. Number two, and I saw this the other day from someone who I know who I had to correct on the entitlement one. Uh and this person, uh, uh, you know, put out, we could shore up Social Security if the government would just pay back what they took out. Yeah. Well, that's, those were IOUs that were written. Right. Those IOUs are being paid back right now. It's mm-hmm. coming out of the general fund, but those IOUs that's required to be paid back, that's all in the equation of what leads us to 2020, uh, 2033. And part of the projection is the majority of those IOUs will be paid off by that time, which is why there's such a problem. But people don't know that. And you know how I know? Mm. This person got hundreds of responses. Not one person knew that, that the IOUs are being paid back by law. They took it out. They got to pay it back. Mm-hmm. Now, you the only point you would have, well, if you got interest on it, yeah, it might have lasted a little longer. But you can't solve it that way. In order to solve the Social Security problem because of the math, which means a number of people, the baby boomers, the yeah. massives of baby boomers are going to be collecting the fact that our birth rate is probably the lowest in history. Uh, probably, probably since
0: we've been measuring, yeah.
2: Probably the lowest in history since right. we've been yeah. me- measuring. I mean, yeah. uh, birth control didn't exist 300 years ago. Right. So that's what I mean. I'm going way, way back. But a lot of ugly people did, though. Before they took statistics. Well, I mean, that's... (laughs) That was the original birth control. Well, or I am. Plenty of us. A a woman looks at me. Oh, my
0: God. Oh, get away. Run! (laughs) And (laughs) somebody's going to... I'm sorry. What were we talking about?
2: Somebody's going to write me an email saying, you know, you were talking about the whole loneliness thing the other day. Gary, you sort of really... Fit that definition it seems yeah by the things you say on oh, the air come on you, you get out more than i do <laughs> not much more that's not saying much <laughs> Oh, no, true but every any hundreds of responses every single person yeah, that's right they need to put the money back in not one person hundreds of people responded to this not one knew what was going on with social security not one in order to save social security you're going to have to either raise uh, the premiums by taking off the cap, raise the premiums in, and and by the way, that won't save it long-term. That will give you more years. Yeah. And, And I believe that's what we should do so all of you people get taxed so I can collect my Social Security and have... It fully till I die and then to hell with everybody because it's all about me. (laughs) Uh, But uh, you're either going to have to uh, take the cap off or increase or take the cap off and increase the age. And that's part of the talk things that they were talking about uh, yesterday. The fact that, well, if you increase the age to 70, well, they're actually legitimately people that cannot work physically at age 70. Right. So what are they going to be put on Social Security disability then? Right which then again taps into it, you still haven't solved the problem by increasing the age. Right. And so you're going to have to not only take the cap off, but I believe increase premiums. And so they'll probably, if you're going to save it, and it'll be a year or two before, they'll do that. They'll when lift the when, cap on the they'll on lift the the uh, on the FICA limit. They'll lift, lift the cap and probably tap into companies more instead of, going after you directly because the stealth tax is always much more uh you know easy to sell than the actual con- the actual right. uh, uh, yeah. tax Yeah, the uh,
0: the half that they pay would probably go up to I don't know maybe they up it to 52 55% instead <laughs> so six you know they go they <laughs> instead of 6.2 you know but the, the, this is <laughs> but that's the, the thinking
2: I know oh, you I- know
0: and and the left on the cap on the on the uh the FICA limit? The left has been very clear about that. Yep. I, I think that's one of that's gonna be one of the first moves.
2: And it's still not gonna save it because we're not gonna have no. the birth rate.
0: Well, this is and we're we're reaching, in fact, this year was a key year because of so many people retiring, or reaching that retirement age. And ve- and so few people that are the younger people, the younger generation that are paying in and that's only going to continue. And as, as you see that play out over the next several years, there's no way to ignore it. Tell me you're going to tell couples, sorry, uh, 1400 a month. Is gone. No,
2: because seniors will even be a
0: bigger voting block then. Yep. Oh,
2: And yeah. and everybody yeah. coming up in the next ten years mm-hmm. or fifteen years will look at it and go, "What are you talking
0: about? Right. You right. can't do that." Right. And I mean, so, I reach retirement age somewhere in there.
2: Well, maybe because it's going to cost more. Maybe the Robert Reich Social Security plan would be good. Just let. Old people die. Well,
0: well, you don't get it until seventy five, but you only get it to the age of seventy eight. <laughs> it's a three year window. Thirty six months. Well, we short up Social Security, <laughs> we've lifted the
2: cap, and now you can collect full benefits at ninety seven. That's right. Massive poverty. And that's just on that's just on the math. But It's amazing that if we as a society wish to remain willfully ignorant and have in our minds meme-type silver bullet solutions that are delusional, do we deserve what we get from our government officials? That would be the question to ask. Yeah. It's what we want. Because everything that we have right now All the problems that are facing us right now, every single major problem that this country faces was self-inflicted by the people that we put into political office. Every single one. It's what the America that we have right now is what Americans wanted. Not me, not not Eric, not you listening to this show because you're listening to the show for a particular reason. But the masses of Americans wanted exactly what they have. And now they're screaming. Yeah. This is unacceptable. We can't have that. But we will continue to vote this way unless you give us the right
0: personality. (laughs) Right? No, I mean, that's, that's exactly what it's been. And the left, by the way, helped to create that. Imagine a debate stage that was like, oh, my gosh, okay. If you're under the age of 90, the dating game, <laughs> but where the contestant couldn't see the respondents in the dating game, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess the contestants were the respondents. But the the person asking the questions could not see they could only hear the questions. Now, imagine a debate were that way, but you couldn't hear the vo- voice. It was all typed out. Because we we have looked at it. I don't know how many times over the years twenty twelve, the the uh, polls after each of the major debates between Romney and Obama showed that Romney was in on the issues landslide territory. Right. Did he win by a landslide? Uh, no, because he didn't win. And the difference is, is that and, and it's it's how politics works. It's not going to change. We're not going to get to that point, that absurd point that I made about the debate, but it gets back to the issues and who can effectively get it Across. What you heard earlier from Ramaswamy is an answer that would have been effective in that setting I just described. Because a liberal in their writing, because it would be a computer voice reading the writing of the person that wrote it. Well, the liberal writing would be all over the place and the computer voice might even sound weird. And the fact of the matter is, is that we choose this. We've built this cult of personality thing where we've, it's got to be, I've got a poster of the guy.
2: I thought you might have been suggesting artificial intelligence for president there for a moment. That's that, that AI, is, for that's president. not going to happen
0: until after 2033. We are cutting Social Security 100%. (laughs) You should have had savings. Where's your 401k, dude? Um, These are the... (laughs) I threw in the dude just so the AI would have a personality. I
2: like that. No, you... (laughs) Dude. You can't, see, that's the danger of giving of giving AI personality. Yeah. People might reject it, yeah. not because it's because of the substance of whether it's effective or not, but based on the personality of the AI voice.
0: One hundred percent, dude. What you said is sick. It's what the kids are using. Sick is the new cool, and apparently, it's been out there for a long time. Wow, that's bad. Yeah, no, which is good. Which is good. Or it was in the late eighties. <laughs> and now it's sick. That's sick Even man. after the pandemic. They're using it more well, after minute. the pandemic. Well
2: wait a minute. See, but they've they've backed off a little bit because mm. it used to be, wow, that's
0: killer. Now it's just sick. Yeah, killer was eighties? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Now it's yeah. just sick. Yeah. But if it's funny, I'm dead. <laughs> I don't know. 866. kids these
1: days. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio.
2: It's Friday Radio. He is Eric Harley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up following the top of uh, the hour. Is everybody high? Yes. Apparently so, after we heard that news about Janet Yellen and her trip to China. We'll have that coming up, the trip to China earlier this year. Now I
0: know why she talks so slow.
2: Uh, Uh, Also... Uh, the, the, the Democrats and the media say there's absolutely no evidence that the president was rewarded at all for what Hunter Biden did. Then the GOP yesterday comes out and says, excuse us, we have the best evidence. Hunter himself talking about paying his dad's bills for the past 11 years.
0: Yeah. Complaining about it. Yeah, well, at least you don't have to pay all the dad's bills with the money that you get for the political influence.
2: (laughs) And he tied it in by talking about, you know, Schwerin and everybody else, you know, know. all that and the shared bank accounts and
0: everything. It's like, wow. I'm like, okay, now they're going to throw that one out. Well, you know, you know, the Obama thing never underestimate the ability of Joe Biden to F things up. Well, in that sense... Hunter Biden walks up and says, hold my crack pipe.
1: (laughs) This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All
2: across America, excuse me, America and around the world. 866-90-RED-EYE. I'm okay.
0: <laughs> you okay? I will survive. You right? Yes. Need to do some cardio. <laughs> One, two,
2: three, four. One, two, three, four. All right. I'm ready to go. All right. All right. So is everybody high?
0: Yes. I could believe.
1: Yes, you. yes, yes.
0: But Janet Yellen. Hey man, I I'm, love that mushroom dish when man. she was in
2: China earlier this summer. Yeah, man. She got buzzed on mushrooms. Yeah, man. She didn't know.
0: Well, it all went wrong, man, when I started that Pink Floyd album at the beginning of dinner. Well, then, you know, can it hurt? No, man. Sober. Now, don't drive.
2: Sober, we see her. No, I'm talking monetary policy. Sober her man? That's We're policy talking is mushrooms,
0: <laughs> man. What are we why are we talking policy, man? I don't have any money. I just want to talk mushrooms, man. All right, Chong. You know, science shows, man, that it's good for you, man. I don't know where. I'd never read it myself. If- man. If you're
2: you, you need but then again, when you think about the monetary policy that comes that comes out of her and the Fed and and everybody else, um you know, you do have to assume though, as we've stated many times, the things that they say defy reality. Well, and that's know, exactly what mushrooms will do. Well, the wrong kind of mushrooms you, will do.
0: Here's the thing, man. Mushrooms are transitory, man. <laughs>
2: I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> twelve hours and it moves on. <laughs> yeah, man.
0: I don't do anything for twelve hours, but in twelve hours, man, everything's cool again.
2: Now they say, they say the tripping makes you laugh <laughs> yeah. Uncon- uncontrollably. Yeah. I want everybody to know. I am completely and totally sober at this moment. Everybody else in government may be getting buzzed. We are Red Eye Radio
0: the last sober men on earth as far as you know. <laughs> Prove it, man. I have my rights, man. I know my rights, I, man. I can
2: I can lie. Everybody else is. All right, so we have a Occasional shot of vodka. I mean, we're normally seventy percent through the show. Yeah, that's what you when you hear deep voice guys say we're only giving seventy percent. Well, yeah, a couple of shots throughout the show, and you know you're not going to be as you're not going to be giving maximum output.
0: Wow. Yeah,
2: yeah, that was not encouraging yesterday when well, when I saw that. it was like nobody's checking i mean yeah, we
0: you know well so i and i <laughs> do we not cuz it used to be it required like and i know she's not the president but even with the treasury secretary you're very clear yeah. about anything that might be served to this person right the person has a great deal of influence. And if all of a sudden she's really high and saying things like inflation is transitory, which is weird because nobody would say that <laughs> in a sober mind, <laughs> then it could influence the markets global. <laughs> well, that day she was offered some brownies. <laughs> It's. I love the, the statement. She had no idea that they were. Uh, here's the here's the quote. There was a delicious mushroom dish. <laughs> delicious, that's a funny word. <clears throat> I was not aware that these mushrooms had hallucinogenic properties. I learned that later. <laughs> I bet you did. I bet you did.
2: Well, she ate them but didn't digest them. Yeah, right. What?
0: I tripped, but I didn't like it. So there's the question. <laughs> what was that like?
2: A uh, hey, hey, tripping Janet yelling. Oh, my God.
0: I mean, she's... What are you... Uh... Ma'am, oh my. Why? Wh- what are you doing? Why are you trying to skateboard? <laughs> and where are your clothes? Look at the bugs on the wall! <laughs> Help! <clears throat> oh, for a minute there, I thought I was in China. <laughs> uh, you are, ma'am. What? <laughs> How did I get here?
2: Hey, we need to check now for mushrooms in the White House.
0: I learned that later. <laughs> I have I have so many questions. I have so many questions and the first of it, first the, the first question. Oh my. Does anyone have any recordings of it? <laughs> I will pay. I will. And not to be used again. This is strictly for my own entertainment. entertainment. I heard, I heard,
2: from what I heard, this is the scuttlebutt. Uh, uh, it was like when Elaine danced on Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, oh, my. Yeah. Yeah,
2: that's, that... That was the surprise story
0: of the day yesterday. That's the one I went, okay, I, I, I've got to tweet this out. <laughs> well, here's the other thing, too, is that they serve that in restaurants? Apparently in China, the, you know,
2: that's you sedate them. When, when you're a communist nation, you attempt to sedate the masses any way possible. Yeah. In, the old, in the old Soviet Union, it was you get your bottle of vodka, you know, every week. With your food rations and in China you
0: get your mushroom dish. Well Yeah. You know, and then you know there was there were some comments made about well, but if the mushrooms are cooked properly, there is no hallucinogenic qualities. And now let's go back to what she said. I learned that later. All right, but if you cook it
2: properly, but we just we we want uh, those uh, in senior leadership in this country and in the White House to understand that that only applies to mushrooms, not crack.
0: Yeah, actually, it's the opposite with crack. If you cook it properly, you're going to be high. You'll be do you'll be doing things <clears throat> oh,
4: wow.
0: that your father won't be proud of. Here's. <laughs> So here's another quote from Yellen. Okay. But all of us enjoyed the mushrooms, the <laughs> restaurant, and none of us felt any ill effects from having eaten them. Oh, now I have more questions. Define ill effect. <laughs> what? It all depends on what the meaning of ill is. Yeah. Because I go back to the Beastie Boys. And I know what it means, so what do you think it means, and do you think it was, was the experience sick? (laughs) Did you feel sick?
2: Oh, you had to be listening last hour to get that one. (laughs) We're talking about how sick means good.
0: Yeah. But now I know why she talks so slowly. Wouldn't that be funny if she came back and she was talking much faster? Listen, we've got to get on top of the inflation, man. I'm worried about the inflation. This is the problem. This is going to be a problem. We know it's not transitory. It's here to stay if we don't do something about it. And I believe we should do something about it right now. You know what I want to do about it? I want to kill it. I want to kill it like a monster. That's what I want to do about it. Miss Yellen, we haven't asked you a question yet. <laughs> In fact, you're not even seated. Oh, my.
2: So, yeah. So we're we're getting closer uh, to our analysis that everybody must be high.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. Well, here's the thing, too, is that uh, I don't have the urge to travel as much after reading that because I seriously want to know what's in the dish I'm about to eat. That sounds, um, by the way that sounds like something that might happen in Austin.
2: <laughs> All right, here's
0: it's a great, great new place in Austin. Here's a question, what was,
2: you know, 100 years ago or more when yeah. when Coke had coke in it, uh-huh. did you get really did you really get high off it? Was there enough to get you high, was there just a
0: tiny bit of coke in it? I mean from what I've read, no, it wasn't <laughs> like you know, you're not going to get And there are different levels. There are different standards. Like Hunter Biden has a a standard that none of us ever, we have the, like the coffee standard. Do you feel that kind of coffee buzz? Yeah. And every, in in the measurement of every, and because I researched it for well, it was just like everybody when it first came out and known was like, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, that kind of thing. You would get, you would get a pep. You wouldn't. But then again, even back then they had their share of Hunter Biden's. Well, this inquiring sober
2: mind wants to know, like back in history Mm -hmm. when everything was really legal.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: a hundred and fifty years ago, was everybody walking around buzzed?
0: Well, no. If everything was was legal back then, well, even because they talk about. In fact, we mentioned coffee. Um history on modern marvels one of them one of the episodes was focused on coffee because in pubs you would show up even at 9 or 10 a.m you're drinking ale you're drinking beer well here in this very young nation that was still becoming a nation they would show up and then somebody at one of the pubs started brewing coffee. What they noticed was they talked more (laughs) and they talked about important things. And according to history, the history channel, that was the, really the birthplace of the ballot process in our society is that, okay, in those rooms, in those pubs as they would now get together and drink coffee in the morning. They would have conversations about our society and then they would, okay, well, let's take a vote. And then you put your, whatever your vote is in the hat, blind ballot kind of thing. And then here's what people think. And so polling and balloting kind of, you know, came from that. But up until then people were drinking beer, Around the clock, they were so, they were influenced by whatever they're taking in. Having said that, people are influenced by coffee. In fact, a guy that decided to start a coffee company named Starbucks made a ton of money up, off of it because they want their buzz. They want their caffeine buzz.
2: Well, I, I was just, you know, when I, when I read that uh, book a long time ago in Lewis and Clark, and they talked about the fact that what hasn't been uh, communicated effectively is the fact that way back then people were really scared about death. Because yeah. you, there were no antibiotics. I mean, you broke an arm, right. you could die. Right. You got a cut, you could die. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a completely different thing. And so one thing that hasn't been passed down, you know, I don't think in the history books enough, at least that is publicized, is the, the fact that if everything was legal back then, you know, what did people do? Think about this. Even as, you know, recently as World War II, when you look at December 7th and Roosevelt, Roosevelt was being treated with cocaine on December 7th, 1941. I never knew it till the History Channel had thing on it. That's how that's how, you know, they took swabs of cocaine and put it up your nose in order to relieve the symptoms of a sinus infection and he had a bad sinus infection that day. And the question that's gone down in history is was he buzzed with the decisions he made on December December 7th, you know, sure. to push you know, I mean, it was the right decision. I'm right, not questioning right. the decision, mm-hmm. but it's really interesting when you look back how we used to treat things just to how rampant, you know, drugs today that are completely illegal, well, well except in Portland, it's uh, would, you know, were, you know, I just wonder how widespread were they in in the population going back? And that's, a, that's
0: actually serious, just a question of interest. Well, no, I, I think... Uh, it, it goes to the state of mind for the commander-in-chief in that case, right? And, and oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And which can have how many different influences? Uh, again, whether it's really strong coffee. I worked for a radio station owner that would drink in 108 degrees. This guy would drink steaming hot black coffee all day. Uh, I told you the one time I was driving across
2: the, the, the country when I was mm-hmm. going to work I was driving across the country mm-hmm. to go work at KXL, our great affiliate in, in, uh, in, in Oregon, in yeah. Portland. Yeah. And I was so tired. You know, those times when you... I got up in the morning and, mm-hmm. and started driving. I was in Nebraska. Yeah. And I don't know how far I got where I was in Nebraska when, when finally I said, you know, I'm just so tired. I'm going to... I bought some caffeine pills. I popped one. A couple hours later, I had to pull over and go to a hotel early. I was absolutely... It's one of the worst. Let me tell you, it was a ill buzz. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. felt it was nauseous. Not, and it the, was not yeah, pleasant I, I, at all. I,
0: I don't do, because and, it's I, a concentrated amount. Oh, it's horrible. It's not delivered like, you know, when you're sipping coffee. Think about it, especially like hot coffee. A lot of people will chug it. But if you're sipping coffee, then it's delivered differently. And it's, it's more of it in its natural
2: state. You could have, you could have gotten me for driving while impaired.
0: Yeah. When yeah. I finally
2: pulled over. You could have yeah. you could have got me it was a I, caffeine pill.
0: Yeah, the last time I took one of those over the counter caffeine pills, early mid nineties. Yeah. Never again. Never again. Yeah, I can't I can't handle it. Eight
2: six six ninety Red Eye.
1: We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
3: You're listening to Red Eye Radio, live from the Uniden America studio. Uniden, social media at its best. Go to uniden.com today.
2: It's Friday Radio. He is Eric Carly and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh all right, now back to the normal show. <laughs> He's Eric Carly. I just said I'm Gary McNamara. Yeah. I forgot about
0: you. Still uh Sorry, not I not think me. you said it. Uh, oh, still, did I? Okay. Yeah. All right, all right. Still uh okay. sipping on my bad radio coffee, but it's good. It's uh it's fine. Well, I'm I am in the middle of
2: my geez. this sounds so old. Hmm. Is that my, rice pudding? In my mind you know, in my mind, I'm still 21. Mm-hmm.
0: Is it tapioca? It's tapioca. No,
2: I'm drinking
0: an Atkins strawberry shake. That's oh, what, that's what I have. All right, <sighs> going rogue, huh? I'm just, I'm just giving. I'm giving. The, the insure wasn't enough. <laughs> too many
2: carbs. Yeah. The insure has too many carbs. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. have. This, you know, yeah. So can't can't have that. It's like, jeez. Mm. Is there anything is there anything left of my youth?
0: No. A no, semblance? No.
2: Of my golf game.
0: Little music, like, you know. Yeah, some music. But yeah. keep it down, would you?
2: Yeah, but even lately I've been going to the classic rock stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the, the concerts.
0: <laughs> yeah, right.
2: <laughs> I I have to tell you this cuz this a couple of years ago, I love a band out of uh out of uh, uh West Virginia, I believe. Called mm-hmm. "Crack the Sky," mm-hmm. they were on Rolling Stones like top fifty prog rock albums of all time. Their initial one in seventy five. Went to a concert about two years ago. Everybody in front of us is in Walkers.
4: Oh, and man. these guys
2: are really intense. Wow, hard rock, and it's wow. like Walkers. Hmm. I'm old.
1: On your smart speaker, say, play Red Eye Radio. And if you're really nice, she might. Red Eye Radio.
2: And he's Eric Carly and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, all right, here we go. All right. uh, now with uh, the, uh, the Trump fourth indictment is over, things are going to quiet down just like they have before. Mm-hmm. And there is no n- new indictments to look at. I mean, Trump may have, you know, nothing will start, what, Till january at least january of next year nothing so there's going to be a lot of uh dead time here because when you actually look and analyze because you can be msnbc and you can go crazy you can sit there and say we got trump we got trump we got trump we got trump but you can't actually look into you know how they're using the rico laws as we did to start the show we actually looked at it and went oh okay and uh, the, the why Why didn't she use conspiracy why RICO RICO doesn't apply here at all you don't have an enterprise that was set up it's not a mafia that commits a crime existed before it committed that particular crime there may have been uh, racketeering behavior going on before that and racketeering behavior going on after it but the difference is as we had uh, talked about there was no organized group to commit crimes. And that's what RICO was going after. RICO was going after organized crime. There was no organized crime here. Right. Right. It wasn't organized. There wasn't a group. What was the intent? Was the intent and that's what the RICO looked at. RICO was looking at an enterprise that was always involved in committing crimes. And those crimes were, you know, committing murder, stealing, uh uh, you know, racketeering, vice, all of that. So there was an enterprise set up to commit crimes to make money. That's what Rico's about. Not going after political campaigns and not even looking at this. You can't even say it was a political campaign of the Republican Party. You would have to say that then the Trump campaign, then the Trump transition team was actually a, a criminal enterprise you can't make that case. Well,
0: and, and uh by the way, by her own standards, we did this with Jack Smith too, but by her own standards in this indictment coming down, she and the grand jury are both guilty of what she's saying they're guilty of, and that is filing something with the in this case county. <laughs>
2: no, it's a great point. Yeah.
0: The the county government knowing it is false. Right.
2: She's doing the exact she same, is, they're doing the exact same thing that they that, claim that, that they're said accusing about to, right. uh, everybody in this indictment of doing. And so they're not going to be talking about it because it was simply the rhetoric of we hate Trump. Right. And then that moves on because they've yeah. been hating Trump now for, oh, I don't know, uh, wow, eight years now. It started in 2015. Yeah, the real, the real hate, mm-hmm. and and so now it's going to be okay. Uh, what's going on? Are we just going to completely ignore? And they're not now completely ignoring what was going on uh, with Hunter Biden. In fact, <laughs> the story the other day that Biden had planned to do an interview on MSNBC think about this hmm. Biden was this is Joe was going to do it not Hunter was going <laughs> to supposed to do an interview on MSNBC and canceled the interview because the questioning from MSNBC on Hunter he cannot answer right that's how bad it is for Biden right now
0: Cancel- even even if MSNBC yeah. wanted to serve up a not even a softball but a ball for him to knock out of the park on it in order to give some kind of defense on Hunter. They can't risk putting Joe in front of right. anybody and, to talk about
2: it. And let's be honest, the media wants him to because the the media is defending him. Joe isn't defending himself. Right. And that's no, that, that, and, exactly and, and, and that yes. and that's a huge problem. As we said, one of the problems with uh, Kareem Jean Pierre mm. is the mainstream media that. We believe a significant portion of them, the majority, are political activists, are looking for their instructions. They're political activists. They're looking for the leader of their their corrupt organization. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I had to throw that in there. Right. (laughs) I mean, that would be by the Democrat standard, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, (laughs) By the Georgia attorney general's uh, or the county... uh, uh, DA's own yeah. analysis of what is a corrupt organization right. or a criminal organization. Uh, and But they're looking for their talking points and they're not getting them. And it's like, we're defending Joe. He's not defending himself. And there comes to a point now where they're covering it. But the one thing, the last thing, the last little tiny string that they've been hanging on to, in the whole Joe Biden debacle and the whole influence peddling slash bribe allegations mm. is the fact that there's no evidence that Joe ever benefited out of this monetarily at all. Right. Now, that sort of ended yesterday. We'll see how the Democrats respond to this or whether they go quiet, because mm. this would be a go quiet moment, at yeah. least temporarily, yeah, right. until they figure out what to do, because you can't overcome this. mm a 2018 text message from Hunter Biden in which he claimed to have paid his father's bills for more than a decade suggests further evidence of the first family's corruption, House Republicans say. In a text thread with his assistant, Hunter wrote that his Wells Fargo account, shut me out again. Too many cooks in the kitchen, he wrote on April 12, 2018. Too many profile changes and such. Happened ten days ago too. What do you need? I'm going to the bank in a few. Need to verify identity in person. I need to pay AT and Dodge responds. Responded. Hunter uh, Biden and Katie Dodge discussed paying bills through a Wells Fargo's credit line on April 12, twenty eighteen. Hunter Biden then instructed Dodge to put the payment on both his debit and his Wells Fargo credit line. Quote, my dad has been using most lines on this account, which I've, through the gracious offerings of Eric Schwerin, Mm. have paid for the last 11 years, Hunter wrote. Hunter discussed paying his father's bills uh, with Katie Dodge. It's not clear whether Hunter was claiming to have a shared AT&T account or or shared Wells Fargo account with his father, the White House declined to clarify (laughs) when reached by Fox News Digital. But the texts show combining of Hunter's uh, Hunters and Joe Biden's finances that has been uncovered by Fox News Digital in past reports. A 2010 email from Schwerin, Hunter Biden's longtime business partner, said he was transferring funds from Biden's tax uh, refund check into Hunter's account because he owes it to you. A 2016 email from Sherwin to Hunter indicated that Hunter was expected to pay an AT&T bill in the amount of $190 for Joe Biden. A 2019 text from Hunter to his daughter, Naomi, said the elder Biden forced him to fork over half of his salary. I hope uh, you can all do what I did and pay for everything for this entire family for 30 years. It's really hard, but don't worry. Unlike Pop, I won't make you give uh, me half of your salary, Hunter wrote. Hunter's uh, uh, text to his daughter in 2019 suggested he had to fork over half of his salary to his father. So, now, again, this isn't the electronic evidence that you want, But it is the evidence that the Republicans can use against the Democrats consistently when they say there is no evidence. Well, the evidence is what Hunter Biden said. Yeah. Hunter Biden said this in text messages. Hunter Biden said this in emails. Hunter Biden said this to his assistant about what bills to pay and that he's been paying for his father for the last 11 years. And the only response you can get then is to throw Hunter under the bus and say that Hunter is corrupt, as you brought up the other day Mm -hmm. also. And I I think it's a great note because I haven't seen anybody else bring this up. But you said the other day, you said, if Hunter is corrupt, anybody, because what they're saying is you're corrupt if you took money, because now everybody admits that this enterprise was going on. That Hunter Biden was corrupt and because He was taking money from all these foreign places using his completely clueless father to bring him in to say, dad's on board on all of this. Mm -hmm. Joe was completely innocent, knew nothing about what was going on, but the entire family, including the grandkids, were involved in this enterprise to take this money not just give it to the the kids and the brothers or whatever mm-hmm. but for some reason cuz just hand it over but some reason created 20 different fake corporations to funnel this money to the nine Biden family members so at the minimum where we are where we're at now is by Joe Biden is a complete idiot who had no idea what was going on Hunter was paying things for him, apparently out of the goodness of his heart. And all the money through fake corporations were going to the entire family. So the entire family is corrupt. Joe Biden is just a complete idiot. Yeah,
0: That's right. where we are right, right. now. Yeah. Because you you throw Hunter under the bus, then you throw the entire rest of the family, family under who the received bus. money right. under the bus. There's no way to divide Hunter from the rest of that pack. And frankly, any critical mm-hmm. thinker knows you can't also separate him from his father. Right. And what's interesting here in the in these messages is Hunter also spelling out because he says, I have to go there in person with an ID. We're talking about the movement of money. Was Wells Fargo issuing a SARS based on movement of money in that case? Was that an indication?
2: That's a great point. They
0: were suspicious, so he had to come down there and prove who he was with an ID. He was clearly frustrated about that. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, I've. But we've all opened
2: up our checking accounts and savings accounts and moved money in our right. accounts for years and never right. had to provide ID,
0: right? And unless I, unless we're at the bank taking out cash at that moment, exactly. And and I've never had to pay my father any of the money I got from Ukraine. Was that my outside voice? Um, so well, well,
2: and well, that's the that's the thing because what you're saying is. That, uh, you know, that number one, the um, implication is not that he was voluntarily giving the money because the complaint that he's been doing it for right. 30 years right. exactly. was, it was not that I have to do, you know, that I am doing it willingly because I'm a good son. It's like, no, hopefully you won't have to do this like I'm had to do it for pops. Like, it's a have to. Well, well I owe think him that. this. Well, why? Did, well, that's it. Why? Because, did Why did Hunter Biden owe money to his father? For thirty years and then mention that he's been doing it uh uh with the with the Schwerin thing for eleven years, which would go back to two thousand seven right. to two thousand eighteen, would be those eleven years when his father was employed as vice president uh of the United States. Right. And, and excuse me. Not at that point. No, he was a senator and then became senator and then,
0: then vice president of the United States. But he could look uh they talked about him being the poorest member of the Senate or whatever, but he had the ability, a, a lot of ability to make money. And it turns out he was, he was making money. The media didn't know about it at the time, but he was making money. And, and that's, that was just lined out in those messages from Hunter Biden. That was money going to his dad. So why would his dad? And, and that's the thing. Because he implies that
2: he had to give right. half. Right. And so our point is, not in the legal case, but the political case of yep. the media attempting to defend him, that keeps going away, going away, which forces more of them to actually cover what is going on and whether it's legit or not and get into the minutia of it, mm-hmm. or just completely ignore the story from this point on when the story's as hot as it's ever been.
0: Yeah, and it's only going to get hotter.
2: And especially now with Trump and all the indictments that he's gone through the last six months, that's over.
0: Well, think about it. Those waves have already been made now, and the Georgia indictments already, that was the last one, really, that everybody was waiting on. Well, now there's no more legal action on those, so everything will be focused on Hunter and Joe.
2: He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Oh, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. We'll get to this here. The no-labels movement said it could offer an independent presidential ticket in 2024. They have now won ballot access in ten states. Yes, in ten states are a people that say, We need a Seinfeld party. <laughs> A party about nothing. That's what we're lacking
0: here. By the way, the movie Jaws remake? Someone said Seinfeld characters. Kevin writes us, Chief Brody is Jerry. Captain Quint is Kramer. Hooper is George. Brody's wife is Elaine. And the mayor is Newman. That's (laughs) brilliant. That is brilliant.
1: This is Red Eye Radio. is Red Eye Radio.
2: All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. Eric Harley over there, Gary McNamara here. You're probably saying, but it didn't come out of a left and right speaker. I
0: apologize for that. You know, you being over there, me being over here. Yeah. Nah, no, it comes out of the same speakers every time. Okay, you. I've got two stories here. What do you got? All right. Here we go. The, right.
2: Both on EVs. All right. <laughs> Tesla launches new Model S and Model X with shorter range and cheaper prices. Because that's what people are looking for in electric vehicles. Shorter range vehicles. It shows you the problem that they're having. Do the cost have- of electric vehicles. Right.
0: Well, what... What do you do? Like, if you were a, um, if you were one of the gasoline OEMs, what did they do in the past when it came to economy cars? That meant smaller car. Mm-hmm. So now, smaller car. Except, the difference between the two is that when you bought a smaller car, you got better range, you got better gas mileage. Right. It was done because the price of the fuel was going up. It was done so that people could get longer distances out of that energy, not shorter. And now it's, oh, you can't afford it? Okay, we'll get you one that goes four blocks. It's four blocks. But the good news, it charges in under an hour.
2: (laughs) Tesla has launched two new vehicles. Of the Model S and Model X, the automaker is bringing back standard range versions with shorter ranges and cheaper prices. That means standard range. That that means fewer batteries. Yeah, right. Which, of of course, yeah, but (laughs) This this is as we have said many times before, this is the first time in the history of the United States where the government is forcing products that are less efficient and less productive and cost more on the American public.
0: That's, that's the whole point of, of pointing to the old uh, idea of a, an economy car. It was an economy car for a few reasons. It was cheaper, but it also got much better gas mileage. Now, the safety ratings plummeted. <laughs> Nonetheless, you could get more out of the vehicle You could go further distances with less money. And now we're doing the opposite.
2: And you saw the lawsuits that are being filed on electric vehicles saying Mm. what they say the range is is not what it is. We talked about that a couple weeks ago.
0: This is the problem with today's technology is that everybody is a reviewer. It doesn't matter. You're going to share your opinion about something and if you spend the guy was that the canadian guy that bought the f150 lightning oh yeah i well, spent 115000 dollars you know oh, oh by the way make there, sure you do your research hold on uh-huh.
2: there was a complaint that uh the, the article i don't know if you saw that mm. the the left was furious at that because it was hundred and fifteen thousand Canadian. Oh. Oh, that's Not much ma- different. So that means it only cost <laughs>
0: five bucks American. That's right. So that's <laughs> it's a bargain. And you know the reviews will keep
2: coming. Well, here's the other problem right here. For the Model S, it drops the price by ten thousand dollars to seventy eight thousand four hundred and ninety dollars. Oh, now you're talking <laughs> no my god it's just like oh 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 my gosh um but you also lose 85 miles since the new standard range is 320 miles on a single charge compared to 405 miles with the long range version again the lawsuit a couple of things here we'll get to lawsuits here because the lawsuits on on things like this are going to really identify what the truth is yeah and yeah. and uh, I think what was it uh, the other thing that I saw? Oh yeah, yeah. The um, uh, it, it, uh, on uh, uh, the uh, on COVID, mm. you saw that the was it was it uh, EcoHealth whatever mm. that was the the nonprofit group. You can't sue the government for what they did with COVID, but you've got people now. We'll get to that story coming up here in a little bit, but it does relate to it uh, that they are people are suing for. Uh, family members dying of COVID because EcoHealth financed the research. Since so you can't go after the government that did it, you go after the nonprofit that isn't the government that was involved with the government in doing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And so they're going after the. But that's how you get the information from the government because whatever EcoHealth had, the government was involved in, in as we know, in uh, uh, in giving them money. But they said. They financed it, they caused it, they 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 financed it, they released it. Yep, and it's like negligence. It's like whoa, yeah. And it's like wow, what a lawsuit that's going to be. You want to get to the truth on things? Hmm. We stated that on uh, on uh, on COVID, electric vehicles, uh, just on on so many different things, lawsuits. Uh, the the on uh, the uh, radical transgender movement. What's yep. going to stop that. Right. Is lawsuits. Lawsuits. Yep. Lawsuits. So something that the Democrats love mm-hmm. may help defeat a ton of things that they actually believe in. Right. Uh, but that one there on the um, electric uh, vehicles. But the first time in history that we've had that we promote a new technology that gives you that's more expensive, gives you less productivity and efficiency. Right. And the reason is. And you say, well, how could that happen? Because it's not the marketplace introducing it. It's government subsidies. Yep. And so what do you get? You get this kind of insanity. Mm -hmm. Biden touts fair transition to green auto industry as workers' pay is cut. President Joe Biden is breaking his silence as the UAW negotiate four-year contracts with the nation's top automakers as part of the negotiations The UAW president is wanting concessions from the automakers that the Biden administration's rapid push towards electric vehicles will not upend the livelihoods of American auto workers and slash their wages, as has already happened. Among its demands, the UAW wants Biden to require the GM, Ford uh, and others maintain a middle class wage for auto workers when they are moved to EV plants in the future. If they want to secure billions in taxpayer-funded subsidies via the president's Inflation Reduction Act, in a statement, Biden touted a fair transition to EVs, but stopped short of making commitments to auto workers. Despite the UAW's concern, the Biden said the EV transition is a necessity. There you go, <laughs> you mindless auto worker leaders. That have been promoting the climate change stuff. Congratulations! You know this is this is as bad as what's going on in in uh, in Texas, where we talked about the fact of because of so many federal subsidies, state of Texas on wind and solar, uh, and no concern to back that up. You know to back to have a backup for that inconsistent power. State of Texas said, okay. Uh, here's a plan. We need to build uh ten uh what was it? Ten, I forgot the number, ten uh gas generation plants that immediately can be put online if need be if we get in a situation of no wind or it's dark out and no wind. <laughs> yeah. God. But we'll only be using them ten percent of the time. So we need to subsidize the wind, we need to subsidize the solar, we need to subsidize something that you wouldn't need to subsidize natural gas plants. So all the power needs to be subsidized, which means your premiums will go up and general taxpayer money will go in to supporting the entire grid because they can't make a profit on it. That's, by yeah. the way, that's, the, that's what Bidenomics is. Here is more Bidenomics. And when they talk about it, people go, well, what does Bidenomics mean? It means that the government, by their own promotion. The government will subsidize unprofitable companies that are producing a product that is more expensive, less efficient, less productive, that Americans are not asking for. Yeah. That's what Bidenomics is, and you see it here. So now what's happening is they're not stupid. The government knows that people can't afford to buy electric vehicles. They can't afford to buy it. They couldn't. We were getting to the point where they couldn't afford gas vehicles. And now gas vehicles, because the auto companies have to subsidize electric, are becoming more expensive. We started talking about it a few years ago. Why don't we have, well, you're going to take out a 15-year or 30-year mortgage on your vehicle. Hmm. I mean, that's where we're headed. Because they're becoming so incredibly expensive, I was uh, I was looking at um, the other day uh, on uh, on YouTube. I love I love seeing people that would do things that I would never do, but I find it interesting that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And the tiny homes,
4: <laughs>
2: you can now buy a tiny home cheaper than you can electric vehicles. Yeah, right. it's like so. Housing is now becoming cheaper. Maybe not. Great housing, not a lot of housing. Not a, okay, I'll say that. It could be great housing, but not a lot of housing because some people like it and some of them are really cute. Huh. But I don't wish to live in a cute closet. Some people do. <laughs> and and I'm very fascinated by those who do. Uh, but here it is, the re, the reality. So the government has mandated that the public, we're going to choose. Think about this. Joe Biden is deciding what you should buy. That's the incredible trust we have put in his unbelievable intellect to manage an economy and the products that you should buy.
0: That he himself couldn't afford if it weren't for Hunter. <laughs> Great point. <laughs> or, or Ukraine and China.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and so they know they know that the automobile companies cannot make a profit on this and that's why biden is saying oh this is we need to have uh, you know fair things done here but as of yet he hasn't said but you need to negotiate and give them this certain wage mm-hmm. because they know they can't do it
0: no and no this way.
2: this is a continuation we saw what biden did biden didn't give a damn about unions no. Don't care about unions Doesn't first care thing, about
0: jobs. First,
2: first thing he did was say, you know, uh, you know, cut the Keystone pipeline. Go learn to code. Yeah, go learn to code. We don't care about if you're a union worker or not. We just care about getting fewer. Because this is what it's all about. It's fewer people being able to buy cars. Yeah, that's what it's about. Yeah. Yes. And and so fewer cars will be sold. They'll be more expensive. The automobile companies will shrink. They won't be able to pay decent wages. And so the unions are screaming, understand that the unions are screaming for you, the taxpayer, to subsidize their wages because the government has chosen what automobile products you have to buy and will have no choice as to what to buy. mm mm-hmm. And they know they can't make a profit on it, so the subsidies will even get greater. Which means you, the taxpayer, can't afford to buy a vehicle that you're subsidizing. And then the union workers aren't saying we want the profits from the company. They're saying we want taxpayer dollars. That's where unions are. Today, the Automobile Workers Union. Anybody believe that's the way to run an economy?
0: Into the ground, yes. Oh, okay.
2: That's the insanity of it. Tell us where we're wrong. Eight six six ninety red eye
7: Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller. And I'm here to share a tip on compliance, safety, accountability. Compliance Safety Accountability, or CSA, is the FMCSA Safety Compliance and Enforcement Program. Its goal is to hold motor carriers and drivers accountable for highway safety and to reduce crashes, injuries, and fatalities on our roads. CSA does this by assessing the safety performance of motor carriers and drivers based on data collected during roadside inspections, crash reports, and FMCSA investigations. Based on the data that is compiled, Motor carriers are assigned a score. The carrier is then grouped with other carriers who have had a similar number of safety events. Carrier scores within the group are then ranked to determine intervention priority. Low scores are better, so, carriers with the highest scores are those that are most likely to be targeted for intervention by the FMCSA. Interventions range in severity and may include warning letters, roadside, off site, or on site inspections civil penalties, or operation out-of-service orders. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com.
1: Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
2: It's Rudd Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara on electric vehicles. Let's go to Jimmy in Alabama. Jimmy, welcome. You're on Rudd Eye Radio. Hi, Jimmy.
5: Yes, sir. Y'all are talking about how these electric vehicles or the government's trying to affect the pay rate for an auto worker. Well, I work in an auto plant. And I'm not going to say which one, but you can barely make a living off of what you're getting paid out of an auto plant. I spend a hundred dollars a week in gas to drive back and forth to work alone, and with food prices and everything, you you can't make a living this day and age, not with the pay rates they're giving you.
2: And just think of what the pay rates are going to be when you're making a product that the company can't make a profit on, even with the government subsidies. That's where we're going.
5: Yeah, we we don't even make an electric vehicle here where I'm at.
2: Yeah, they're all gas. But. Remember, every gas vehicle you buy is somehow subsidizing what the losses are making on the electric vehicles. The losses that are that that they're incurring. And, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a terrible situation because, you know, that's one industry that you should be able to, you know, most industries, you should be able to make a a decent pay at. But when the government gets involved, thanks, Jimmy, it's just not it's not going to happen. Well, that's it. It's it's when you hear from
0: Ford that they're on. Target to lose $4 billion this year because of EVs. I mean, go back to the 2008. uh, The whole um, auto bailout thing and where OEMs were, domestic OEMs were bleeding cash. And many things had happened along the way, including CAFE standards and and fuel standards back then that were affecting the price of vehicles. At that time in 2008, you also had oil at $147 a barrel, the highest it's ever been. So there were many things in the marketplace that were changing and affecting profits, and they were bleeding cash. Now this is driven by government standards and Across the board, we could stabilize oil prices and bring them down even further if we had a greater domestic policy. But nobody wants to invest there. Nobody wants to invest in the U.S. because they know that they're going to be shut down. Their profits are going to be kicked to the curb. And everything is going toward EVs, wind, and solar. Why would you want to invest? Yeah, it's going to get worse for those jobs, no doubt.
1: To Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America studios,
2: and he's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and uh, good morning. Uh, look, when it comes to the EVs, and and yeah, look, if I'm an auto worker right now, I'm worried about where it's all going. If if I'm a young auto worker, especially, where is this all going to go? Mm. You cannot run a business where government chooses the products that the country must buy that is unaffordable to most of the public unless they start taking out mortgage length loans mm-hmm. on the view which they're not going to do, they're not going to see it, but that's no. what the that's what the Democrats are hoping. They want people to buy fewer cars. This is their way to do it by saying the green cars or the green the electric cars are so much greener, which they're not. But it doesn't matter. That's not the goal to get you to switch. The goal is to get you out of your cars. And if you don't believe us, if you're saying, you guys, you're just making that up, well, go back to the Transportation Secretary for Obama, who was a Republican. Yeah. Ray LaHood, who said our job is to coerce people out of their cars. Yeah. Remember, we no, know no, you don't want these vehicles. Come on. Remember the Republicans that have been involved in pushing this. Yeah. You have Republicans like Newt Gingrich, who really was the first to sit on a bench with Nancy Pelosi mm-hmm. and talk about climate change. And it's time to contact your congressperson and tell them that climate change is serious during that Super Bowl ad. Yeah. The same Newt Gingrich, I'll remember, watching that on TV or some kind of breakfast in New England where he said it really doesn't, making the point, really doesn't matter whether climate change is real. We can't fight the momentum.
0: Yeah, we need to get hip, implying that Republicans need to come around to the modern way of thinking. That was Newt Gingrich. Remember, we don't live in the bubble of today.
2: We remember, and we will go after Republicans who believe that the state should subsidize vehicles that people don't want and are too expensive. It doesn't end there. Even in the state of Texas, before we had Zola, Governor Abbott, the Republican governor, and for the most part, a good governor. proudly accepted awards for being the number one win state. Mm -hmm. That was just a few weeks before Frisola, if you remember that. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump, who talked about the Lordstown EV plant and what a wonderful, this is the way to build it and how it is the way of the future. Donald Trump said that. The same Donald Trump that believes you should be subsidizing the ethanol industry. Who needs who needs to be angry at Democrats when you have Republicans promoting the same thing? Maybe not as often as Democrats, but they still promote the exact same philosophy. And think about it: Trump, Abbott, Ray LaHood was a Republican. Uh, in in Congress for a while, Uh, and Newt Gingrich, you would look at that and say, well, those are a lot of the people that uh, are viewed as conservatives. They got snookered or willingly went in because they believed that the subsidies will help a key constituency, help them get reelected.
0: Well, it didn't, if you think about it, it didn't hurt them. No, didn't hurt them at all. So what does it tell you? Right. The rank and file. Yeah, we're okay with it.
2: Rank and file Republicans, yeah. 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 Well, we brought it up with Trump and Lordstown, and people mm-hmm. were furious at us. Mm-hmm. Trump supporters. Well, he's a businessman, and he knows what he knew squat about that. Well, He got burned big time on that. Just because he's Donald Trump doesn't mean he doesn't have stupid ideas.
0: 2035 is just around the
2: corner. And the same with Gingrich, by the way. And it's because he was viewed yeah. as
0: an ultimate conservative. And it's gonna it's gonna make it or break it. And the only way you make it with the twenty thirty five mandate is how? Tons of government money. money. It will yeah. still fail. But man, we'll keep trying, won't we? Let's go to Jim in Michigan,
2: another UAW member. Jim, welcome. You're on Rudd Eye Radio. Hi, Jim.
8: Good morning. How are you guys doing? Very good. Thanks for calling. Uh, Well, the the EV industry itself, we know in the big three here as a worker that the EVs are not the future. We are going to lose two-thirds of the UAW workforce to the EV market. And EVs are going to limit people on how much travel they can do. You can get in your car now, an and if you want to drive from Michigan to Texas, it takes you two days. If you have an EV, it's going to take you five days, maybe six, to get there. You're not going to get the mileage out of them. And it's almost like the government sticks their fingers in because they want to control how people travel. They don't want you leaving your area. It, it bothers me that they're mandating these EV vehicles, and they're highly toxic to the environment. You still need fossil fuel to build them. Uh, it's it's mind-boggling what they're pushing on us, and we're going to lose a lot of workforce, and it's going to destroy the automotive industry. Well, you know, a may, lot of our suppliers.
2: Yeah, you, go, don't, go you, you know, you don't may limit travel more than actually just the capability of EVs is the cost of EVs, because remember mm-hmm. they're being subsidized. I mean, the, the, that's what the Inflation Reduction Act subsidized them more. Think about it when Tesla's talking about. Okay, we're going to build a new model that uh, goes uh, uh, that doesn't go as far, uh, 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 but it costs less, and it's still seventy eight thousand dollars. Tell me right now who can afford a seventy eight thousand dollar car, and that's a car that is not just subsidized on the end of of uh, of of uh, you know the government credit afterwards, but the battery subsidies and the manufacturing process. The plant subsidies that happen in order to get, you know, initially to get these companies uh, on board. And so, yeah, you look at it and you say the goal has to be to get people out of vehicles. Otherwise, why are they doing it? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Jim. We,
0: we appreciate, appreciate the call. call.
2: Let's go to Stephen in Massachusetts or Steve. Steve, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi.
8: Hi. How are you guys doing? Very um, good. I, I can prove what you just said beyond any shadow of a doubt. All you got to do is go onto Google and type in climate change, public transportation, and you will not believe how many boring uh, articles (laughs) from urban planning books, because it has to do (laughs) with them getting mad about white flight, and they want you out of your car, and they want you living in the
0: city. This has been their plan for a long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Well, on one end, it might have been to get people back in the cities, but on everything else from... From crime and drugs, it's to get people out of the city. Well, Now they can't
0: keep people <laughs> yeah. in the city because of their right. own other plan. Yeah, exactly. I mean, which, which went haywire. Their plans are diametrically opposed. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> which tells you they weren't plans at all. <laughs> if you'd actually planned it properly, it's. But over and over again, we see the left running into the own their own walls that they build when you get to the 2035 mandate you start doing the math on the mining it requires you can't get there it is impossible can't get there and and as as we have talked about a
2: lot here the last month as they wish to produce more evs any mining in the united states that would provide more jobs in the united states and mine mm-hmm. those elements and materials, uh, natural resources, critical to the production of EVs. They're shutting down the mining and forcing us to go to China, Afghanistan, yeah. Russia, right. in order to get the materials that we need to do so. So even that is about killing American jobs. Right. And how are you going to get those elements to the U.S.? Yeah. And the union members know it, you know, because we, we, yep. we just just yeah. heard Jim right there. They know it. Of course. They've... they've and. And uh, the now the ma- now the management is willing to admit it. Going, uh oh, yeah, you know what's going on. And now the scream is again. Think about this. Just think about the evolution of the UAW message mm. from the leaders, which isn't all we're asking for. Is a fair share of the profits that this company makes. That's not the message anymore. The message is now, we want to be paid a middle-class wage and the taxpayer should take care of it. Right. If you're going to get the subsidies from the federal government, even though you still can't make a profit on the electric vehicles with the subsidies so you're making a loss, the taxpayer needs to cover the union bill Because of government policy to destroy the automobile
0: industry. Well, if you wait around long enough, the government will have no choice but to take over the means of production, which, of course, is communism. communism. (laughs) And you will be a union, but you'll be a public union. Like every other worker. It is insanity. And we keep voting for it. Let's go to Glenn in Alabama,
2: who works for an EV transit manufacturer building buses and things. Uh, hi, Glenn, you're on
8: Rudd Eye Radio. Good morning, guys. I, hey. I do work for a, a company. We build EV public transit, and I just,
2: yeah, we're just having we're having much pro- much yeah work. we're having problems yeah with your we're, we're, we're sorry yeah we're in problems about with that. your call
0: yeah. yeah they're breaking up yeah. Uh, you saw that the uh, the one EV busmaker's uh, filing a bankruptcy, bankruptcy. And yes. ultimately, it comes back to where's the demand? There is no demand for it. What little demand there is should never be subsidized. If the wealthy want to have their EVs, great. Let them pay the full price. The
2: last caller is going to talk about supply chains disruptions, and that Mm -hmm. was uh, electric Mm -hmm. buses get billions in federal aid. A top maker, this is just from over the weekend, Mm -hmm. a top uh, maker just went bankrupt. Proterra helped kickstart the transition to battery-powered buses. But as federal aid arrives and has been there for them, Mm -hmm. the company has struggled with inflation and supply chain disruptions. Right. But the buses are like, look, we can be subsidized because the government and pseudo-government agencies are going to be buying them. Yeah, They'll be forced to buy them. There was a video
0: so- that went viral, by the way, on uh, on an electric vehicle, a, electric bus. And they were using a diesel-powered generator, a diesel-powered heater, rather, to heat it in the colder months. And these are the things you look at. These are the things that you break down and you ask yourself, all right, seriously, where is the demand? Public transportation has been one of those things, and it depends on where you live. But in most areas, it doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make money. It has to be subsidized. There has to be public money to keep it going because there's no real demand for it. But then you then you throw in on top of that EVs. Why? Oh, they're much more profitable. No, they're not. They're much, uh, for those municipalities, they're going to be much easier. No, they're not. They're, they're not going to be less expensive or easy. Logistically, they're going to be a nightmare and they're going to be more expensive. So we need to subsidize the subsidies. That's the problem is we don't have enough money going into the money. We need subsidies for the subsidies. That's what we're doing in Texas. Yeah. Well, the natural gas now needs to be subsidized because that's not going to be running full time. So in, need, in order to support wind order and to solar, the, which is subsidized the backup for the wind and solar, which is subsidized because which is not, yeah, which not, is not consistent, and also gets public money. Yes, the problem is we're not spending enough public money. Yeah, that's the problem. Eight
2: six six ninety red
1: eye. Lines open for your calls. Eight six six ninety red eye on Red Eye Radio.
2: It's Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. You know, we mentioned some of the uh, Republicans that pushed the BS of, of EVs and climate change and wind and solar, and we included Governor Abbott in the state of Texas, uh, Newt Gingrich, uh, Ray LaHood, Trump. Mm-hmm. And also, we cannot forget Bush Forty One.
0: Bush Forty One was I'm big s- on the on. You know, if you go back to uh, the early days of the Cafe Standard, and yep. and uh, then you think about the uh, the the diesel standards that started to change. All of that was born back during that era, and it became uh, much more expensive to build these. You know, the engines and Mm -hmm. and the cars and the trucks and And everything else.
2: He signed the ethanol bill that was
0: pushed by the Democrats. Sure did. Yep. So, yeah, this is what happens when you start going down their road.
1: This is Red Eye Radio
6: on Westwood. Every story eventually comes to an end. This June, hear the final episode of Season 2 of the hit podcast series, In the Red Clay, Durham. In the Red Clay tells the unbelievable true story of Billy Sunday Burt, the most dangerous man in Georgia history. In the podcast that people are calling riveting, incredibly moving, captivating, and addicting binge seasons one and two of in the red clay now wherever you listen